Hi there, Steve Kaufman here. Uh, and today I want to talk about why I learn languages and I want to use as an example, Persian, which is what I'm learning right now. If you enjoy these videos, please subscribe, click on the bell for notifications. If you follow me on a podcast service, please leave a review. So, uh, if any of you read my book, The Linguist, A Personal Guide to Language Learning, uh, you will remember that I always get interested in the history, the culture, countries that influence other countries, how countries are an amalgamation of different influences and, and, and peoples, and that's been the history of the world, and that's what kind of motivates me to learn languages and learn about all these different cultures and so forth. Persian is no exception. I'm very lucky that I have a, a Persian tutor, collaborator in Iran, who has created tremendous content for me on the history of Iran, foods of Iran, has interviews with ordinary people in Iran. So I have a bit of a smattering of that background. But as with when we learn languages and we learn and forget words, things that I learn about the history of a country, I tend to forget them as well. But every time I forget them, something remains. And so my appreciation of, of the history does improve a little bit each time but it gives me a basis from which to learn more things. And so right now uh, at Link, I am doing a series of four episodes of a podcast about Iranian identity put out by this podcast service called epitome.ir or epitomebooks.ir. I'll leave a link to the, to, to the uh, podcast in the description box. It's all in, uh, in uh, Farsi and Persian, of course. And so, I am just enjoying so much participating in this series of discussions uh, and the narrator quotes different books where the question of Iranian identity is discussed. So I have the sort of sensation that I am participating in a discussion amongst Iranians about their identity. And through that, I am exposed to aspects of their history, some of which is new to me, some of which I have already been exposed to. And so the whole experience to me is, is my reward. That's why I learn languages to be able to do that kind of thing. And I've done it in Ukrainian. When my uh, Ukrainian tutor sent me material on Ukrainian history, I've done it in Polish. When I went to this website and found audiobooks and eBooks about Polish history, these are the things that I'm interested in. Czech, the uh, Tolki, Cesko Minlosti about Czech history. Those, that's what drives me to learn languages. But let's get back to Persian. And I also wanted to comment on Persian because someone asked me here uh, on my YouTube channel, what has been my reaction to learning Persian? Well, first of all, there are a lot of Iranian immigrants in Vancouver. And just the, yesterday or the night before we were at a restaurant, lo and behold, family sitting beside us are recent immigrants. I don't know how recent, but from Iran, the Iranians respond so positively when you speak to them in their language. It's, it's astounding. And they also immediately ask you, are you familiar with Persian poetry? And of course, because Persian poetry is very important to the Iranians, uh, but it's too difficult for me. So I, I disappoint them when I say no. Uh, but very often too, they'll ask me if I speak Turkish because one in five or 18 or whatever percent, 15% of Iranians are of Azeri Turk origin. So therein we begin to see that there's this historical connection between Turks and Persians or Iranians. Now, but the, the, the interesting thing, what I find so fascinating is, is, is in this series of, of episodes about 
Iranian identity. If we go back 2,500 years to the emperor, the, the empire of, of uh, Cyrus, and, and I think the greatest extent of the Persian empire was under Darius, the great, I don't remember because I forget it all, but the, the old uh, Achaemenid, or however it's pronounced, Hachemanishion empire was two-thirds non-Iranians. Uh, if we look at a map, it included, you know, at, at various times, Greece and, and maybe the northern part of India, and you had Turkic people there. And of course, uh, originally, you had the Elamites and the Akkadians, because ancient Persia included uh, what is today Iraq. It included, you know, the Fertile Crescent from which the Abrahamic religions came, eventually Islam, but initially uh, Judaism and Christianity. So right off the bat, it was a multi-ethnic, multilingual empire. And so what was the identity at that point? Of course, there people guess at it, but apparently Herodotus, the Greek uh, historian, said that the people who were identified as Persian, Pars, or whatever term was used, they had certain advantages over non-Persians within that empire. So obviously there was a sense of Persian identity at that time. Uh, when Macedon, uh, Alexander the Great of Macedonia invaded, he tried to bring in Greeks and make Iran more Greek, which didn't really please the locals who preferred their Persian identity. So there was some kind of Persian identity. The Persians also had their own religion, the Zoroastrian religion, which was essentially the, the state religion as near as, as we can tell. So there's this identity as part of the, the uh, Achaemenid or Hachemanishion Empire, uh, which included many ethnic groups. Uh, Cyrus in his great constitution was uh, very, I wouldn't say magnanimous, but very tolerant of different religions and different, different ethnic groups. And maybe he had no choice because they were, they outnumbered the Persians in his empire. Um, so there was that. And then after uh, Alexander the Great, uh, the Greeks under, I, I think I might have said it, it wasn't Alexander who tried to bring in Greeks and make Iran more Greek. It was Seleucus, who was uh, Seleucus, or however it's pronounced, who basically as the, uh, the Alexander's empire was split, he ended up with Iran basically. And he tried to make it more Greek, which didn't work. But after a few hundred years, there was once again an Iranian dynasty, an Iranian control of their country. And uh, so there is now this, obviously there was a sense of identity as Iranians through the language, through their Zoroastrian uh, religion, uh, through a sense of where they lived, through identity with identifying with the ruler. I don't know, they even had a flag. They had certain things that represented identity for them. Uh, and then passing through my forgetfulness, uh, you know, you had the, uh, what we call the, the, the Parthian Empire, I think, which uh, goes under a different name in Persian, which I've forgotten. And then the Sasanian period where Iran was fighting with Rome all the time, and eventually the Arab invasion and Islam was introduced. So now we have Islam. So there's Identity through language, identity through territory, identity through this Persian ethnicity, which for a long time was a minority, uh, you know, 
group within the greater Persian Empire. And now we have identity through religion. And the religion was mostly Sunni. And, uh, and then around the 10th, 11th century, we have a series of Turkish dynasties in Iran. And so the, again, I'm going from memory, but as I read it, I enjoy it and then I forget it. But so Arab was, the Arabic language was perhaps more prestigious through religion, but eventually the, basically the education standards in, in Iran were higher than amongst the Arab conquerors. And so um, Persian had a, a pride of place in the administration and so forth. But then the Turks came in and they tended to speak Turkish in the court. And then at a certain point, perhaps coinciding with the Mongol invasions, there was a revival of uh, the Farsi or Persian language. So there was, again, you, you can sense through all of that as this person quotes the different sources debating about, you know, what represented the Iranian identity and so forth, uh, that uh, there was a revival of the Persian language. And then with the Safavid dynasty, um, the Shia religion is established as the national religion. And so now we have an identity. So we have an Islamic identity. We have a Shia identity as opposed to the Sunni Ottoman Empire. Uh, we have, of course, that Iranian identity. So we have this accumulation of different identities. And getting back to the poetry, uh, which I always get asked about, uh, the sort of one of the main periods of flowering of poetry in Iran was during the time that the Mongols, I think initially the Turks, this, again, I'm going from memory, and then the Mongols, uh, the Ilhans, uh, dynasties, and so there was this flowering of poetry, which focused to a large degree on, you know, myths and traditions and, and, and the history of the great flowering of the Persian Empire back 2,500 years ago. So the Iranians have been imbued with this sense of their identity, which consists of all these different elements. And depending on which Iranian you speak to, he may identify or she may identify more with the period prior, the greatness of the, you know, Persian Empire or more may identify more with, um, you know, Islam and so forth. So there's, there's as an, and even today, as I mentioned earlier, there's this ethnic mixture in Iran, you have Azeri Turks, you have uh, Turkmen's who are a small number, but were very influential initially uh, in um, some of the dynasties that were established. You have Kurds, you have Arabs, and then you have various uh, sort of nomad groups. So there's quite a variety of peoples within Iran. And so probably today, the identity is one of Iran as a nation, the country of Iran, with all of the ethnic uh, uh, you know, minorities that they have. And uh, in, in this um, series, uh, it is pointed out that amongst the people in the Middle East, the Iranians have a much stronger sense of national identity. You know, are you proud of being an Iranian? And so a, a much higher percentage in Iran will say, yes, I am. Whereas in places like Jordan or Egypt, apparently, the identification is more with Islam and less with the country. So. All of this is interesting. The fact that I'm able to read and listen to all of this information and kind of span the period from 2,500 years ago to today and try and picture, 
Iraq when it was part of Iran and or Persia and now and stuff is uh, to a large extent due to Sahra and her ability to create material for me and find stuff for me. I wish I could find someone to do the same for Arabic, uh, Arabic as a whole, or you know Egypt or or uh, North Africa or uh, the the Levant, you know Syria, Lebanon, uh, Palestine, and so forth. So because that to me is the fun of language learning is is exploring through language history, culture, people. And uh, so I'm very grateful to Sahra and I enjoy doing this in Persian. And I will certainly be looking forward to doing it in Arabic and in other languages uh, moving forward. So there you have it. Uh, I will leave you with a couple of videos on this issue of language and culture. And I'd be interested in your own reactions and how you deal with uh, and to what extent you're attracted to the idea of, of learning about culture and history through language. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.